Hello, this is Yara Stark, and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey interview with an expert. Today I have Brian Moran on the line with me, and Brian is a new friend introduced to me by Michael Dunlop, who you know from IncomeDiary.com. Michael was raving about Brian, in particular about the tremendous growth he's been able to achieve, and of course, uh, well, as a Facebook expert is the first sort of introduction I got to Brian, but also just seems to be doing a lot of good stuff in internet marketing in general. So Brian, let's uh, hear your story. Thank you for joining me. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure. It's always fun. So you just told me before we recorded the call that your first full year of business, so working full-time on it, uh, it was last year, and um, you already crossed the seven figures in revenue. So that's, that's a pretty good first year for a start. So Yeah, um, it was quite a ride. I'd love to hear about this ride, but let's go back to the beginning. So um, born and raised in, obviously, America. I can hear the accent. Yep. Yeah, actually right outside of uh, Washington, D.C., so on the on the East Coast. Um, so if you if you want, I can jump right into my story unless there's any other like background <laughs> info that you want. I'd love to know. Yeah, did you uh, have any entrepreneurial things as a teenager or in high school or in college? Yeah, I I was always the guy who was trying to sell something somewhere. Um, you know, whether it was through college, I would try to buy TVs off eBay and then resell them on eBay for more you know more money. Um, so I was always trying to find some way to to make money, you know, on the side. Um, mm-hmm. I every job I had, I was never really a big fan of taking orders from other people, and that was probably my dad's fault. He actually, you know, I guess he's, I guess I would call him an entrepreneur. He's always been a, kind of a self starter. He's always been self employed. Does consulting kind of stuff. Um, so from the time I was little. Um, he was actually involved in Amway, which you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening are are familiar with him. But he way back in the day, um, so I grew up seeing him kind of do his own thing, and I always, so I guess you know from the time I was you know five or six years old, it was always kind of programmed inside of me, I guess, to hopefully one day be my own boss and not have to take orders from somebody else. That was probably the the big driver to you know me moving towards this kind of thing. But you did go to university and, and get a degree. Yes, I, uh, I I went to college um, all four years. Uh, first two years, I had no idea what I wanted to study, and then I finally transferred out of where I was because I, you know, figured out I really wanted to get into the the business world. So I got a business marketing degree. Um, the funny thing is, I I use next to nothing that I learned in college. Um, so it was it was great for playing sports. I was a all American baseball player in college. Um, and obviously, the education was good. I'm not going to bash the education I got, but it's so funny how. You know, after I graduated, now that I own my own business, it's funny looking back, realizing that you really didn't learn, or not that I didn't learn a lot, but I don't actively use the things that they, you know, taught me in school. Because I think today's environment, especially with you know online, people are still learning and trying to figure out, you know, what are the the right things to teach. So, but yeah, I I did get a degree and you know went that route. I've got the same story. I have a business degree, and I don't think there's anything in the degree I can remember calling on. Or doing an internet business, it's it's yeah. lagging behind in that area. There was a good yeah. entrepreneurship course that was, as always, they have you do a business plan, which I find so silly. But yeah, yeah, that's the exact same thing that I did. So mm. yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so can we date this? When did you graduate? Um, I graduated in the um, late 2008. So I uh, had did one extra semester because I transferred halfway through school. Um, so it was the end of 2008, beginning of 2009. Okay, so during the whole college period, were you doing your own own thing or having a job? Uh, what was the how did you yeah, make money? I, I never had during the summer when I came home. I had you know part time jobs. I was always playing baseball all the time. I mean, you know, a hundred plus games a year. Even when I wasn't in school, I would come home and keep playing during the summer. But that was when I always had my own little, you know, kind of entrepreneurial odd job on the side. Whether I was you know buying or selling textbooks, even like when I went to school, we'd get to school at the beginning of the semester. I'd spend $400 on textbooks, and most people at the end of the semester would just throw away their books, but I'd find a way to sell them back to somebody else for 300 or 350 bucks or, you know, whatever it was, trying some way to, you know, kind of, you know, make a buck here and there. So um, never had anything serious online. Um, I knew a little bit about putting up websites, so I was always the guy that was in charge of putting up our baseball website in high school or the college baseball website when I was in college. So wasn't really good at it, but I was one of the only guys who knew how the internet really works. So that was kind of the, the job I ended up with. Did you learn HTML or something like that? 
Yeah, really basic, I guess. I, I had Dreamweaver on my computer, um, so I was always self-taught, so I just kind of figured. I actually, actually took a, uh, it was a digital photography slash web design course in high school, and honestly, that's kind of like where all this started, because we figured out, I learned the most, most basic HTML, you know, like what a div is and how to align things and just how to put up basic, ugly web pages. So, um, you know, I I always loved art, but it was kind of that, you know, doing things online that kind of, you know, I guess, spiked my interest because it's just, you know, it's limitless. You can really create anything that you want. And the fact that you can put it out there for everybody to see kind of, you know, I guess that's what kind of drew me towards it. Okay. So you graduate from university in 2008. Did you have a plan at that stage for what happened next? <laughs> no plan whatsoever. Um, so I had this marketing degree. I came out of school in probably the worst job market in American history that that I can remember or have you know remember people talking about. Um, and the only job offers I was getting was you know just jobs that I did not want. I mean, they were either 100% commission sales jobs where you're going door to door asking people to buy grass seed. I mean, that was honestly one of the job opportunities that I got offered. Um, you know, just really, you know, stuff that wasn't really going to make me happier. I wasn't going to have fun at, at all. Um, so I spent a couple months unemployed, ended up actually getting a paper shredding job um, for this guy that went to our church. He owns a paper shredding factory, like a document destruction company. So I went and worked for him for a while, um, a couple months while I went to, you know, other interviews and stuff like that. It never really dawned on me that you know, that I should start my own business then. I was still in that mindset of, hey, you got to go get a real job. Um, so that was kind of where my focus was. Um, and then actually a couple months later, so this was like mid-2009, through a friend of a friend of my dad's, I actually landed a, a pretty big-time consulting job with one of the, the bigger uh, government contractors um, here in the States. Huge company, 25,000 employees. Um, billion dollar company. So anyway, I you know I thought everything was set for me. I landed this big consulting job. I had job security. I had a higher salary than I ever thought I would, especially coming out of school. Was making double what all my friends were. Um, and was just lucky to have a job. Um, so anyway, that kind of you know settled me down a little bit. I just gotten engaged. Um, so I was trying to you know save up, save up for you know a place and actually going out on my own and for a honeymoon and all those things. Um, and it, it didn't take long, but probably a couple months into that job of, you know, it was 40, 50 hours a week. I didn't have any time to play sports like I was in college. I barely had any time to spend with my fiance. I came home, got, you know, got up early before she, you know, woke up and I came home late, you know, and it's just that lifestyle really kind of got to me after a while. I figured out that wasn't what I needed to be doing and it just kind of wore me out. And that's, what started the drive to figure out, okay, you know, now's the time. If I really want to start something, let's figure out, you know, what could I do? What could I possibly start? You know, and one thing led to another. And I remember the day I was actually sitting in my parents' house, was still living at home, had, you know, had this full-time job, was getting ready to get married in a couple months. This was the summer of 2009. I was, you know, we were ready to get married in the the fall of 2009. And I think I, I Google searched, um, you know, either how to start an internet business or start an internet business. And I remember the first sales letter that I ever read that instantly told me, this is what I'm going to be doing for a while. And I'm, I'm going to, whatever it takes, I'm going to figure this thing out. If these other guys are making it work, this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, create some sort of product and put it out there and own my own business and, you know, be responsible for whether it fails or succeeds. And so I, that was kind of like the turning point for me. It was, it was spurred by the fact that my job kind of wore me out, and then I went home and started to do a little bit of digging, and you know, found this hidden industry that I never knew anything about, and that was kind of the, you know, that was all she wrote. What, what was the sales letter? Do you remember? Actually, the Internet Business Mastery. Um, these two guys actually, I think they're they're still their site's still now internetbusinessmastery.com. dot com. They're based out of Sterling and Jay, the podcast guys. Is that them? That's. Um, and the funny thing is, I've never had a chance to talk to them directly. I, I need to to call them up. I'm probably uh, <laughs> success story they could use. But yeah, you um, should be on their podcast. <laughs> but no, just great guys. I mean, I, I love their whole approach. That you know, they they weren't spammers. They were legitimately creating a business that helps people out. And uh, you know, and they were living the lifestyle that they wanted, and they were doing the things that they wanted to do. And it just completely appealed to me, and it gave me that. 
I guess that hope that, hey, I could actually start something that could turn into a real business. Um, so, and that was kind of the little shot on the shoulder that I needed to just get started. So, you know, I learned from them and a lot of other people that I found, you know, throughout the whole, you know, the next year or two. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another. And, you know, now we have two real businesses up and running and we, you know, have a chance to help a lot of people, which is a lot of fun. Okay, so you you read an information product sales page that I'm assuming teaches you how to make money from the internet, probably selling information. Was that what they were? Yeah, getting? yeah, they okay. membership that kind of walked you through the whole process, what it means to you know own your, you know have, put up a website, how to you know how to sell stuff, what it is you can sell, different modes of generating traffic, just you know kind of the the whole gamut of whatever you need right. to do to get on. Now, you're not going to quit your job and have a gamble here. You're obviously going to do try and do both at the same time for a while. So night times was when you started building a, a, a business? Yep, um, every single night. Um, I was lucky because of the time my, uh, my wife now, my fiance then, she was actually a professional dancer. She does ballet and jazz and all that kind of stuff. She had a full-time job that she had just landed with Royal Caribbean. So she was out in the Caribbean for a six-month cruise dancing all the time we barely got a chance to even speak so it gave me a lot of time at night to really dive into this stuff and you know read everything i could and you know try to figure out how to put up a website that actually looked decent um so i did have a, a good amount of time which was you know looking back was a, a a blessing in disguise for sure um but definitely at night was when i got most of my work done okay so how how did the projects go these early ones not well <laughs> not <laughs> what were they <laughs> My my first site, and this is actually one of the things I struggled with, was trying to figure out what is my first product going to be. I mean, it probably took me six weeks to really land on one. Um, and I remember again that conversation with my dad. We were trying to think, you know, what what could I sell? He was always all for me doing this. Um, and it was going back and forth between you know something that I'm not really passionate about, but I probably can make a good amount of money on versus baseball. And baseball was what I was passionate about. I just got done my college career. I had pretty good credibility because I was an All-American, voted one of the best college baseball players in the country. Um, and it was just something I loved. The market might not have been as big as I wanted, and I I wasn't sure how much money I could actually make. But I remember making that decision you know, with my dad saying, you know, hey, look, the bottom line is this is probably the first of many businesses that I'll start you know, if this goes well. Um, and at least if this idea, if I stick with what I'm passionate about, which was baseball and teaching kids and players and parents um, how to play the game better, if it does fail, at least I'll have fun throughout the process. Um, I'll be talking about something that I enjoy. I'll learn a lot of good skills in the process, how to put up websites, how to collect emails, the whole, you know, everything you need to know how to do. Um, but at least I'll have fun. And looking back, that was probably the best decision that you know, again, I I can't take credit for all of it. My dad definitely helped me out with that. Um, but it, it didn't succeed right away. It took eight months before I even got, I think, my first paying customer. Um, and that was a tough eight months. And it would have been a lot tougher if I was trying to sell or create a product that I really wasn't passionate about. So that was definitely a big turning point, too. So you had nothing online about baseball prior to this. And yeah. You, so you're thinking you have to build an audience, create a, a, an ebook or a membership site, do everything from scratch, right? Yeah, yeah, completely from scratch. Okay, well, it's not surprising it took eight months. I mean, it's it's a long process to build up an audience. So exactly. And did that one sale turn into many, or where's where's yeah. that business at? Yeah, so that was what late 2009. Trainbaseball.com um, got put on lot you know, online. I started blogging. Um, trying to think of what my first product was, I created my first product, which was a kind of a blend between an ebook with some embedded videos, um, and called it the Ten Step Hitting System. And had no idea what a sales letter was. I just had a page that had a buy button on it. And uh, so, you know, throughout the eight months, I was trying to do everything. You know, trying to figure out how do I get people to the page? How do I get people to buy? After they buy, how do I get them not, you know, to not refund or to actually enjoy or use the product? Um, so anyway, and it was actually eight months in. So now we're in early 2010 that I stumbled across, I think, a training by Ryan Dice, and I got turned on to a lot of his stuff. And his stuff really hit home with me because it was all about making the sale. You know, no matter what, it's you know trying to turn your traffic into paying customers. Um, 
you know, and that really hit home with me and a lot of his stuff I took to heart and used. And that's when I started playing around with Facebook and using fan pages and Facebook ads to drive traffic. And then everything just kind of clicked. And I finally started making, you know, steady sales each day, started collecting anywhere from 25 to 50 emails a day. Um, and so over the course of that summer, you know, now 2010, moving into late 2010, um, I was going to work every day and coming home and working every night. Uh, was now now married, um, so life was definitely changing. But I was you know pulling in an extra fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars a month, which for me at the time, I mean that was that was enormous. That was all of our play money. I mean that was our vacation money. Um, you know, and I was learning a lot of good stuff in the process. So that business started to build. Um, and that's actually why my Facebook business is called Get Ten Thousand Fans, because it was when everything started to click about another sixty days later, I turned around and all of a sudden my little tiny baseball business had the biggest fan page in the baseball market and it had I think ten thousand and you know, ten thousand plus fans basically. Um so my Facebook business now is all about telling that story and how I got there and what techniques I used and all that kind of stuff. Right. So um now, is that, so yeah. Is that baseball business still something you run today? I mean it's not too long ago, is it two thousand and ten? So still up i think we're we're at around 20,000 fans and again it, it it seems so much smaller compared to our facebook business but the market is so much smaller um we're trying to reach baseball coaches and there's just you know there's not millions of them out there um but yeah we still run it today we we work on it all the time and uh it was funny because actually in late 2010 when that business started to bloom and now i was trying to figure out how to turn you know this three to four to five thousand dollar a month business into something bigger so I could quit my job. I actually met um because that site started to get to get so large, I got to meet one of the top guys in the baseball marketing world. Um his name's actually Paul Reddick. He owns uh the 90 mile per hour club. It's a big pitching website. Um and he's actually lives about three hours north of me up in New Jersey. And funny thing was I you know, he invited me up to an event of his. We got to talk a lot, and he—I didn't realize—but his business was enormous. He—he he, he has a million-dollar-plus baseball business alone, um, and just a fantastic guy, fantastic marketer. And through my baseball site, we got to meet, and he's actually been one of my biggest mentors over the past year and a half. It was actually at his event that I started to show him what I was doing on Facebook to drive sales and drive fans and visitors and stuff like that, and he. He was he was a little bit more old school. He does a lot of you know stuff on Google. Um, so when I showed him this new Facebook stuff, that he was actually the one that encouraged me to start a Facebook business. Um, so when I showed him what I was doing, he just pretty much said, you know, hey, you got to go out there and show other businesses what you're doing because it's you know at the time Facebook marketing was pretty new. There was really no Facebook marketing guy out there, and uh, he was actually the one that encouraged me to to go out and you know create that that little side business um, and start showing people how I grew my baseball mm -hmm. site, Facebook. And that was late 2010. That was the birth of get 10,000 fans. So what actually were you doing? Was it a case of, you know, here's a landing page for some sort of free resource regarding baseball, like a report or an audio or a video, and then going to Facebook and buying ads, which most people are familiar with now They go down the right side column on Facebook. And there's a few new options as well. And driving that traffic, trying to get better at the Facebook conversion rate, getting those leads, and then once they're on your email list, trying to get them to buy whatever product you had. Is that, in a nutshell, what you were doing? Exactly. And I guess the little change that I made, I noticed a lot of people were using Facebook ads, and they, when, when someone would click on the ad, they were sending that traffic off of Facebook to a squeeze page or a sales page. Um, so because I was really you know trying to figure out the best way to use my fan page or my Facebook page on Facebook um, I started to figure out how I could customize that with custom landing pages and so I started figuring out you know hey if I have a squeeze page you know that's converting okay why don't I take that squeeze page and embed it inside of my fan page and almost kill two birds with one stone so I started playing around with sending my ads sending those visitors to my Facebook page where they could opt in there and become a fan and started building two lists at once. And the results were really, really good. Um, so that's what I stuck with. I kind of, you know, uh, 
I don't want to say I was the first one. I highly doubt I was the first one, but that was back when fan pages were so new. Facebook was just now letting people customize them. Um, so that was kind of, that became my model was, Hey, let use Facebook ads to drive traffic to a landing page that's inside of Facebook instead of outside. Um, and I think, you know, that whole trusted environment factor came into play and my results were, were really, really good. And that's what kind of helped me get off the ground. Right. And they were still going on to your email list though, when they uh, opted in on Facebook. Yeah. That's why I got to build my email list and my fan page and it, Looking back, that actually was one of the biggest reasons that I succeeded, I think, because not only was I building my list and generating sales from emailing my list, but no one knew how big my list was. Um, but everybody knew how big my fan page was because it's public. It's just mm -hmm. out. So I think when that guy, Paul, um, came to my my you know, if he just came to my website, he'd have no idea how, you know, if I was successful or not. But because he came to my fan page and saw that I had 10,000 fans and had one of the biggest fan pages in that market, I think that kind of got his attention. And that's probably what, you know, what was what led to me getting on the phone with him, um, you know, in that relationship starting off. So and the same thing with our Facebook business now, get 10,000 fans has almost uh, 250,000 fans. Um, and if it wasn't for that number, people might think I have a big, big business, but there's really no proof. No one knows how your list is or how many visitors you're getting or how many sales you're making, that kind of thing. But um, having that large fan page really gave me a lot of credibility, which I think ended up helping a lot. Yeah, so a really nice piece of social proof you've got there. Like, like the old days when we used to publish an RSS counter on your site or something like that for blogging to show that you actually have an audience. Now. Exactly. Can you maybe, before we talk a little bit more about the Facebook business, give us a rundown of maybe the key uh, lessons you got from Facebook marketing? Like, what does it take to make it work, and where do people go wrong? Um, man, that's a good question. I think it, it really comes down to, man, that is such a good question. I mean, you could do everything that I do and set up a, a landing page inside of Facebook and use Facebook ads um, and do the whole thing right, but it still doesn't work because either your your offer is not strong enough or your copy is not strong enough. The biggest lesson that I learned is direct marketers, good direct marketers, good copywriters, good, uh, I guess, people that are talented at crafting offers or putting together good products, um, those people will win and will make money in any medium, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, AdWords, whatever it is. Um, so those were the skills that I really tried to hone and get good at. Um, the Facebook marketing, you know, while it is a skill, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I don't think it's the missing key. I think I could take my, my model and go and try to, you know, get really good at YouTube and drive traffic that way. But if I still, you know, if my direct marketing skills were still honed, I think I would still do very well. Um, it, you know, if we really were just talking about the Facebook side, I think Facebook ads is one, you know, area that a lot of people are number one scared to use, and then number two, if they ever get up the courage to use it, it most likely isn't going to work right away. Um, there's just a lot of things that you can mess up right at the beginning. One of the things that I messed up um, the first day that I tried to use Facebook ads, and remember, this was early 2010. I was now married, newly, you know, newly married. Um, I had a good job, but didn't have a lot of money to be dumping into a business. Um, so anyway, I put up my first ad campaign. I said, okay, let's, uh, you know, we're going to budget out a hundred bucks and test this thing out. And, uh, I went and created my first ad and I decided to show my ad to anyone who liked baseball in the entire U S which was, I think 11 million people. Um, so I figured that's, you know, a good start. I'm targeting everyone that likes baseball. They, you know, they should opt into my list. They should buy my products. Well, three hours later after that, you know, a hundred dollars was spent. I had two email opt-ins and no sales. Um, and that, you know, was really discouraging. Yeah. And, you know, then and there I decided that Facebook ads didn't work. Um, but something told me that, you know, I don't know what it was, but I, I wanted to try it again. Um, and I went back into my campaign and it, in, in the keyword section where you decide who sees your ad based on what interest they have, I took out the word baseball and I found a keyword that was called baseball coach and yes it wasn't 11 million people that were going to see the ad it was only i think thirteen thousand. so that was kind of discouraging but the results were 10 times better um, because now i was showing 
my ad to people who actually legitimately cared about my product and had, you know, were old enough to have a credit card to buy the product. Um, you know, it's just, I, I started to really micro target down. Um, and like, the next day I, I spent 50 bucks instead of a hundred cause my wife wasn't going to let me spend another hundred bucks. Um, and that $50 turned into, I think 35 emails and over $150 in sales. Um, and that was my first profitable day ever online. Um, <laughs> just because of that one little change in my Facebook ad campaign, um, deciding to, you know, really go after the low hanging fruit and not just show my ad to anyone that I thought cared, but really go, you know, dig deeper down and find the people who really need your stuff. Um, Again, photography is a great example. I always use this when I'm showing someone a Facebook ad campaign. If Let's say you have a product that shows photographers how to get more wedding gigs. Um, you can go into Facebook ads and type in the word photography and show it to anyone that likes photography. And there's like 36 million people worldwide that like photography, at least according to Facebook. Or instead of using that keyword, you can go after the keyword photographer, which is only like 3 million people. And, you know, while 3 million isn't as sexy as 35 million, I can guarantee your results are going to skyrocket and be a heck of a lot better. Um, so, again, that's just one little thing. Uh, when it comes to Facebook ads, a lot of people are nervous about spending money on traffic. But that's, you know, one little, you know, not really little. It's a huge reason why I think I succeed with my model is I, you know, only go after the people who really, really need my stuff. And I'm, and so you got really good at finding smaller niche markets and then getting the targeting right. But before that, it sounds like you had acquired a really strong direct response marketing sort of base, maybe copywriting as well, obviously is important here. Uh, for you to have been driving traffic to some form of sales funnel, you must have built this up to make those sales on that initial you know, test you did there. So how did you get good at that? Um, again, I, I think one of my first, um, I guess, exposures to that, Ryan Dice had a uh, an old product I think called video sales letter secrets it might have been called um, and that was the first time I realized that hey when someone comes to my page I actually need a structured sales letter or sales video that's going to sell them on this product I can't just put up a picture of it with a PayPal button and expect people to buy um, you really have to you know hold their hand and tell them what they need to know about your product um, and it was from then on that I just kind of got addicted to that side of things I I really liked putting videos together. I really liked conveying what my product was about and figuring out what are the benefits and what are the features and you know what are the you know maybe the the disbeliefs that people might have about the product and trying to you know convey it in a way that dispels those disbeliefs. Um, all the little things that go into it. So you know, and after I kind of got passionate about that side, I started you know seeking out who are the best you know direct marketers out there. Um, and I found Dan Kennedy and I, uh, found, um, John Carlton. I really fell in love with Carlton stuff. Um, he has, you know, a ton of really good books and eBooks and I just tried to find everything I could out there, um, about just the art of selling, um, copywriting or putting, you know, video scripts together, um, crafting good offers and landing pages and stuff like that. So I think that's just one of those things that no matter what industry you're in, whether it's offline or online or whatever kind of job you have, those are the kind of things, I guess, what kept me going. I still had my full-time job at the time, um, and I knew regardless of whether this whole internet thing works out, I now have skills that are probably worth more than the thousands of dollars that you know myself and my parents paid on my college education that I can take to my next job that are really going to help me out. Um, so anyway, you know, it was both fun and it really started to work. You know, I started to drive traffic to pages that actually convinced people to give me their email address. And I started to write emails that actually convinced people to click and go to the landing page and then eventually buy my products. And so it, it all just kind of worked. It was almost, you know, it kind of, it, it didn't really feel real there for a while because it just seemed like, you know, it all made sense to me and I thought it would work, but you never really, you know, deep down think that people are just all of a sudden going to start flocking to your products and buy them. Um, so that was a pretty cool turning point too. Okay. So, uh, obviously after that mentor suggested you get into actually being a Facebook coach, Facebook marketing coach, how did that all start off? Yeah. Again, we, uh, I, I couldn't figure out what to name it and he helped me kind of come up with that, you know, that benchmark of 10,000 fans. Um, so again, I kind of, 
did the same thing. I did everything that I did in the baseball world. I put up, you know, my first WordPress blog, started to blog a little bit, um, started writing my follow-up campaign for my, you know, Aweber list when I started collecting emails. I put up my my Facebook um, fan page. I customized it with a landing page inside, and I tried to figure out what are my first, you know, two or three products going to be, and I started making those. And then once I had you know, the whole funnel built out with a landing page and follow-up emails and um, a sales page and all of the different pieces that I thought I would need before I went live. I got all that stuff done. And then I, you know, went and created my first Facebook ad campaign and then just started sending people through the funnel. And uh, day one, it, it converted pretty darn well. Facebook was a really hot topic at the time. I mean, it still is, but back then it was, everybody wanted to know about it. So I kind of, you know, had really good timing um, you know, and it, it, it just kind of took off. We started collecting, you know, hundreds of emails a day and the fan page, I think it only took us like 32 days to hit 10,000 fans. Um, and then we just started, it, it kind of snowballed from there. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple months later we had 50 or a hundred thousand fans and then the business just kept, kept growing and kept growing. And, uh, you know, here we are now. So did you have a product for sale already? Like you set up all those pages, including creating a product? Yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to obviously make money as fast as possible. So I figured, you know, I should probably create my first product all about fan pages and how to put one together that actually can, you know, monetize itself and actually help your business grow instead of just growing a big, you know, following of fans that don't ever end up buying something. So I thought that was a, a big problem at the time. So the first product, I actually called it Fan Page Secrets, um, decided on $47 and uh, put together my first sales page, which everyone went to after they opted into my my email list. And uh, that was like my first little mini funnel, I guess you could say. So during all this time, Brian, were you a one-man show? Because there's a lot of pages there. You're creating a product. You're doing email follow-up sequences. You're you know, all these copywriting for the sales page. There's a lot of lot of things to create there. Not to mention, it's all technical as well. Uh, is it a one man show? It was a one man show. Um, it had it's been a one man show. Uh, well, I mean, it, it was a one man show up until just about a year ago, uh, when my brother graduated college. I actually hired him on full time, and a couple months later, we hired. Um, uh, we have a, a lady Lori that actually does all of our customer support. She's down in South Carolina. Um, here in the States. So she does all our support now. So finally, you know, we're up to a whopping three people, but yeah, I was, I was a one man show for, for most of the be- most of the beginning of both of those businesses. So fantastic. I, it, it's amazing how many times I do these interviews and I hear people in their early days, uh, Farnoosh Brook, uh, Brock was the person I just recently interviewed, same thing, doing all of this herself. And, you know, you're doing a lot yourself there too, to begin with. So it does show it's possible uh, to, to kind of start a business without having any help and then do it on a shoestring. Um, I think, would it be safe to say that sort of education and mentoring has been really important if you are going to do a lot of this yourself? Cause it's a lot to learn. Yeah, it is. It is a lot to learn. Um, looking back, I learned a lot of things that I probably didn't need to. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think there's a better way for me to have said that a lot of things that I, I thought I needed to learn, whether it was, you know, doing stuff on Twitter or whatever, just things that for me, aren't things that I use today. Um, so I really, you know, if I had to start from scratch, I kind of know where I would kind of shortcut the system a little bit. Um, but it was also, it was things that I, I liked learning. I loved seeing my website come together and figuring out that I could, you know, install WordPress with one click and put up a website in under 10 minutes and install a theme that I didn't have to design myself and customize it a little bit and put up content online that, you know, people somehow found their way to through Google. Um, I loved the end result. So whether it was hitting save and seeing a, a, you know something new happen up on the internet, um, or seeing someone finally go through my shopping cart and you know actually pay me and having that money put in my bank account, um, you know little things like that kind of kept me going. Um, you know, so it was it, it was fun. I, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't trade one ounce of you know the the hours that I had to put in to learn all this stuff for for anything because it was. You know, I think it's stuff that when you are starting off, I think it is pretty critical that you try to learn as much as you can um, on your own. And I think for me, I could have never hired someone to do our customer support for us if I didn't spend the months that I did doing it myself. 
because I learned a lot. I learned a lot about my customers. I learned what the top questions were. I learned how to give a refund. I learned how to convince someone not to refund. Um, it, little things like that, I think, make it easier for me to manage the business now because I I know what it takes to get that job done. I think now if I were to try to hire someone to come in that you know they their responsibility is something that I've never done, I would I'd have no way of guiding them and kind of telling them you know what is the you know, the the best way to do what I'm trying to tell you to do. I think it it really helped that I did a lot of it on my own. Um, obviously, it took a little bit longer, but I learned a lot of really good stuff in the process for sure. So, can you take us forward to, I guess, the present day? Like, what's your day to day life like, and how big is this business? Um, it's a good question. It definitely fluctuates from day to day. What what I'm trying to get good at now, um, I have my brother who's full time. Um, he's three years younger than me, and we have Lori who does all our customer support, and she's been fantastic. I think that was one of the biggest things for me to find someone who could do the support side of things that really was a big time drain for me so I could actually focus on growing the business. Um, so for me, it's really – I'm trying to learn how to be more hands-off because I love doing so much of this stuff um, that I don't want to delegate certain tasks, but I, I need to. And, you know, For us to keep growing at the rate we are, I need to learn how to get out of my own way and you know, let – you know, my brother take care of more things or hire somebody else on to, you know, do that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, I guess my normal day now is, you know, I pretty much, you know, wake up whenever I want. Have Brian, before you tell us your normal day, can you just tell us when you quit your job as well, just for the difference in your lifestyle and, and how you, when you reach the point that you felt safe enough to quit yeah. your job? That's kind of a funny story. So it was the end of 2010 um, that I started the Facebook business. So I had two businesses going on at once. Um, I was making 60000 a year at my job. Um, so my goal was to make that much money so that I could quit. What I didn't realize was you know, I was never going to quit if I just replaced my income. I really needed more than I was making it work um, to feel safe enough to quit. Um, but that actually ended up happening pretty fast. I think two months after I started the Facebook business, that business alone started to out-earn my job. Um, and I actually didn't quit until it was actually one year ago, um, You know, almost this week, I think. It was late July of 2011. Um, so we're now late July 2012. Um, and my business had out-earned and by multiples – where you know at where I was at my job, and I stayed there for an extra six months because I just wanted to put a lot of money away. I wanted to be secure. You know, I you know I've only been married for two years now. I want to make sure that I'm you know protecting my wife as well as me, and not just you know being kind of you know flying by the seat of my pants and making a decision that I might co- you know go back and regret later. Um, so I got a chance to put a lot of money away, which was nice, um, and really get to see what my business looks like throughout the course of a year. That was another big thing for me was. You know, you can have one big month and all of a sudden you quit your job because you think you're, you know, set for life. But for whatever reason, maybe that's just the biggest month you're ever going to have or that's just the, you know, the the peak of the year for your market or, or whatever industry you're in. Um, so I stayed in my job for a little bit longer than I really wanted to just to be safe um, and left my job in July of 2011. Um, and we've continued to grow since then. Um, so, you know, we're like I said, that all of last year, 2011, was the first year that both businesses were running for the entire year, um, our first full year online. And we did, uh, I think, $1.3 million in sales, um, which, again, as I know, I know for a lot of people starting off, that sounds like such a big number. And, I mean, to be completely honest, it sounds like such a big number to me now. I mean, I never would have thought I'd be there. Um, you know, when I had my baseball business alone, I was ecstatic to see $1,500 in my bank account extra from the whole month. I mean, that was an awesome month for me. Um, so to see that grow from 1500 to 3000 to 5000 and then we doubled again and got to 10000 a month, and then it bumped to twenty and fifty and eighty, and then all of a sudden we're doing a hundred to $200,000 a month. I mean, it's just been, been a whirlwind, but I mean, that's just yeah, that's kind of one of the things with doing business online. If you know, if you really figure out how it works and you know where to to find traffic, I think Facebook can be a huge part of that. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a big world we live in. If you have a product that a lot of people need, you can create a million dollar business pretty darn quickly. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to say that to like throw false hopes into people, um, but I, I think a lot of people need to hear that their idea can really lead to 
a real long-term sustainable profitable business um, online just because of the way the internet works and how many people you really can reach so um, so anyway I didn't mean to get on a soapbox or anything but <laughs> no that's fantastic very inspiring so uh, has your life changed in terms of how you live it now with with that kind of income a- uh, absolutely I mean you know I didn't go off and and buy fancy cars. You're never going to see me, you know, with a sales letter with me in front of my Ferrari or anything. Um, I, the first thing that I actually bought, um, you know, up until a year ago, I drove about a 10 to 15 year old Jeep Wrangler. I, I love Jeep Wranglers. They're my favorite car. And it always been my dream to buy one of the brand new ones. Um, and, you know, I never thought I'd buy a new car. I just, you know, it's like one of the worst investments you can make in my opinion. But, um, we had a you know a really good year, and that was I guess my my treat to myself. I actually ended up finally getting the the new Jeep Wrangler that I want, which again <laughs> probably half you know half the price or less than a lot of these guys out there. I know they go buy these crazy cars and all that stuff, but that's just that's not why I did this. I didn't do this for you know to go out and buy big houses and stuff like that. I my biggest goal or my biggest inspiration was when I was at my full time job. Which again, everyone else on this planet would have told me you're crazy to want anything more. Um, I, you know, I was making plenty more than I needed at the time. I was 23 years old. None of my friends could even dream of having a job like. I, mean, I just got lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. Um, but for me, I had I just got married, and every morning before the sun rose. I was getting to work at 6 or 7 a.m., and my wife, she's not getting up that early, N- never, Like <laughs> unless there's a really good reason that she needs to get up. Um, she's not getting up that early. So I'm leaving the house before she's even awake. And then by the time I'm home, it was you know probably 4 or 5 in the afternoon. I you know worked early and left a little bit early too. Um, and I'm really tired because I've been at work all day doing something I'm not passionate about. So I'm mentally drained. Um, and she worked at night. She was a, a dance professor. Her mom owns a dance studio. She worked there and at a couple other dance studios because that was what she loved doing. Um, so she was just getting ready to go off to work. So she went to work for a couple hours. And by the time she was home at nine or 10, I had to go to bed because I had to get up at 6 a.m. And we did that for about a year. And I started, it just really, really got to me that I'm like in the prime of my life now. I'm, you know, in my young 20s. I'm newly married and I have no time to do anything that I want to do. I'm too tired to get on a local softball or baseball team. I'm too tired to go to the gym. I'm getting out of shape. I'm waking up early, which I hate doing. I'm the worst morning person ever. Um, I'm going to bed early, which I hate doing. I like staying up late. Um, I, I have no time to spend with my wife. I'm, you know, I'm 23 years old and I'm drained. Like that shouldn't happen. Um, you know, it's, I always used to complain because I, I think our culture is all messed up. I think we should get to retire when we get out of college and then go start work when we're 30 and then work for the rest of our life because I feel like why retire when you're old and you, know, you, you, you don't have the energy to go do the things you might have done when you're 20, 30, or 40. Um, so anyway, that was one of my biggest reasons for doing this was I wanted to wake up next to my wife and have coffee every single morning and decide to go to work when I wanted to. Um, and stay up late when I wanted to and not have to worry about somebody peeking over my shoulder if I wanted to take the day off or if I wanted to, you know, only work for a couple hours that day because, you know, I just, I wanted to make those decisions on my own. Um, and again, the, the day that I left my job, it was just, it, it was eerie. I, I, it, it didn't feel right because I was, you know, actually doing what I wanted to do. But, you know, since, since that day about a year ago, I mean, that's what I've, you know, thank God I've been able to do you know, actually sleep in and not get up at 6am, you know, sleep until eight or nine if I want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying everyone should just be lazy if you get to do, (laughs) you know, I'm, let me tell you, I I work hard and and I love what I do. And that's why I work hard, but I work when I want to, if I want to wake up and, you know, get right to work, then, then I do. If I don't that day, if I want to, you know, go to Starbucks with my wife or, you know, go have breakfast with my dad or take my dog for a, 30 minute walk or go to the gym, then that's what I do because I know I'm in control of my business. If the numbers slip, I'm going to go work harder and make it right. If the numbers are good and I want to kind of, you know, lay back for a little bit, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, it's, it's completely changed. I, I feel like 
you know, this is going to sound terrible and so cliche, but I feel like I'm on a long vacation because even when I'm working, like when we're, we're doing this now, I mean, I'm working right now, you know, we're, we're doing this interview, but I could tell my story all day, every day. <laughs> and I, I, I love hearing when, you know, if someone listens to this and, and comments that it, it helped them and it inspired them. I mean, you, you can't tell me that I'm working right now. If I get to speak to someone and kind of tell my story and encourage them and maybe help them along their, you know, along their road. I mean, that's, that's not work mm. and creating baseball videos and getting in front of the camera and swinging a bat and helping kids or parents play the game of baseball better. That's not work. I mean, it's not for me. It might be for you, Yara, because you might not be a baseball player, but it's because I'm doing what I, what I'm passionate about. Um, and again, that saying is so true that if you're doing what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That is so true. And I always thought that was just, you know, I, I didn't believe it. I thought that was crap. You know, no matter what you are working, it's going to get old. And yes, does, you know, do things get old? Yeah. Um, but when you, when it comes down to it, if you're doing what you really want to do, what you really love doing, um, it, it just changes the entire outlook of every day. I never go to bed worrying about the next day. I think that's one of the biggest things where, you know, Sunday nights where it is right now, it's Sunday night, you know, here on the East coast in the U S if I was still in my job and we were doing this interview a year ago, I would not be in a good mood because I know tomorrow morning I got to wake up and do it all over again for five days. Um, (laughs) feelings gone is, has been absolutely, I mean, it's been life changing to say the least. Okay. So I think you've, Definitely inspired everyone, Brian. <laughs> I think that a lot of people share those desires and want to be in a similar situation to you are. Can we just uh, wrap up this call, this interview, with answering the question for you know, people listening who, in particular, might be thinking that you are you know, riding the crest of a, a, rave, a wave that's very current in the sense that Facebook marketing is very new. You got in there at the right time in the right place. You got able to have a, a million-dollar business because of that. Yes, you've got a baseball site which makes a bit of income, but it's probably not quite enough to have quit your job um, you know, without the Facebook side of the business. Um, maybe you can you know, answer that question too. But more, most importantly, if there's someone sitting here thinking, okay, I want to follow in, in Brian's footsteps with Facebook in particular, but I'm not sure whether my niche is going to be significant enough to actually make this life-changing kind of situation happen for me. Can you guide people who are there and how best to find something that will change their life? Yeah. Um, With Facebook. I think, yeah. I, I think even for me, the the baseball site, if I wouldn't have gotten distracted, I guess, with creating this Facebook business, um, which really took a lot of my focus off the baseball site um, because I was doing all this Facebook stuff, um, I would have turned that baseball business into a six or seven figure business. I absolutely believe that. Um, I know it can be done. My mentor, Paul has a seven figure baseball business in the the pitching world. Um, and, and I, you know, if, if I kind of turned off the Facebook side and, or hired someone else on to run that and really got to dive back into the baseball site, which I should do. I mean, that's really what my, my passion is. Um, I would create a six or seven figure business there. It, it not in a heartbeat, but I, I, I would do it. I'm just that confident that I'd be able to do that. Um, I think that's people have to realize there's I don't think there's many niches out there that you can't create a good lifestyle business from. Um, I think there are so many people in this world and the Internet is such a big place that whether you're in photography or baseball or basket weaving, I think there are enough people out there that you can sell your products to um, and make an impact in their lives and create products that actually bring value to them that you can create a six figure business. Um, or a business that lets you quit your job or create the lifestyle that you want or just, you know, help, I guess, you know, better your life in some way. Um, you know, and it, I guess that's really all I would say. I think Facebook is a fantastic way to find that big group of people and reach them faster than any other medium can let you reach them. I think Facebook ads is just so powerful that it lets you go find people based on what they like and dislike on Facebook and what age they are and you know if they're married or not married, all the different ways that you can target with ads um, and reach people on Facebook. I just think, I mean, you literally have millions of people at your fingertips that you can go create an ad and reach them tomorrow. Um, 
you know, and one of the things it'd be kind of, you know, I, one of the things that I guess I would do is you can go to facebook.com slash ads and click on, there's a little button that says create your first ad and don't worry, you're not going to get billed or anything until you go live, but you can just go right in there and create, just kind of play around with a fake Facebook ad and put in the keywords that you think are in your target market. So you can go down, there's a little area that says precise interests and you can put in, let's say you have that photography product. Um, and you can put in, you know, photographer and photography and just start typing in all different words that people like on Facebook that might, you know, mean that they're in your market and just pay attention to that number on the right and see how many people are in your, your little world. Um, and if it's, you know, if it's over, I don't know what the number would be, 5,000, 10,000 or more, which it probably will be. I think there's enough people there that you can create a good solid six figure business. Um, I just do. I think if you really, you know, hone those direct marketing skills and apply the right tactics to what you learned, um, which I think Facebook can be a big one for, for most any market or niche. Um, I just think it can be done. Uh, I've seen too many people do it in markets that I didn't even know existed. Um, for, for, to not believe that it can be done in almost any niche. Um, so yeah, I just think that one of the biggest things is taking action and just trying to figure out what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you think you can really start and end up falling in love with doing every single day? Um, and just start there. I think a lot of people get held up in that kind of product creation phase. They're not sure what to get into. They're not sure what product to, you know, to put out there. Just go do it. Even if your product stinks or it's not ready yet or your font's wrong or you don't know what to price it, just decide and put it out there. I mean, the worst case scenario is no one's going to buy it, and you most likely will learn something in the process. Um, again, I spent too much time thinking about what mine was going to be. If I if I just would have decided, I would have saved three months, and we would have been a seven figure business three months before we were. Um, you know, I learned a lot in the process, and I wouldn't trade that looking back. But um, I just think one of the biggest things is taking action. I think that's where a lot of people just get a little bit nervous or scared. And trust me, I understand that. I know what it's like. I'm scared every day we go out and release a new product. Um, I'm not as scared anymore as I was because most of them do pretty well. Um, but I know what that's like. And it's just one of those things you just got to close your eyes and hit save and put your website up and just go and just, you know, try to get it out there. Um, but, but yeah, so that, I guess, you know, in a in a nutshell, that's kind of what I would tell them. <laughs> in a nutshell, <laughs> thanks, Brian. Uh, very inspiring, and, and I can tell you're still so motivated about what you do and helping people in this space. So, uh, before we go, your websites are your baseball site. Um, that one's trainbaseball.com. And so, uh, go ahead. You'll, yeah, you know, I was just gonna say there, there's not a whole lot there. It's pretty much just the blog now, but you can we have some other products up there too that they can check out. And they can find your Facebook fan page via that site too if they want to see that. Yeah, yeah, get10,000fans.com is the, the main site there and facebook.com slash get10,000fans is, uh, is a great place to start and kind of see what we do. Okay, and can they see your baseball fan page? So that's the one I was referring to. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, facebook.com slash trainbaseball will take you right there. Okay, I'm going to write these down so I can give everyone the links, trainbaseball.com. Fantastic. So, uh, Brian, thank you for joining me on the call. I really appreciate you sharing the story, and um, it's amazing how quickly you've grown. So congratulations there. Uh, Thanks. Uh, So we'll wrap up the call. Thanks for joining me, Brian, and uh, everyone listening in. Hope you enjoyed the call. If you would like to get more interviews like this with Brian and other uh, entrepreneurs who've had similar success stories, do drop by my blog, entrepreneurs-journey.com or Google my name, Yaro, Y-A-R-O, and you can find all the podcasts there under the podcast tab. So thanks again, Brian, and thanks everyone for listening. I'll talk to you very soon.